Hello and welcome to our Writing Workshop series. This is a collaboration between the North Bay Public Library and members of the North Bay Writers Group. My name is Bethany and I will be your host for this series. Each episode of this series will focus on different writing topics, including story creation, dialogue, research, and more. Each episode will also feature different hosts from the North Bay Writers Group. On this episode, Rob will talk about story creation. Hello, my name is Robert. I'm part of the North Bay Writers Group, and today I'm going to be giving you a bit of a talk on how to create a story. So basically, you know, in single and mold terms is where does your story concept come from? Where are your ideas? What's going on with it? How are you creating it? I'm going to start with a couple quotes. There's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you by Maya Angelou. It's, to me, this was a good quote just because when I started writing, it was the stories that were inside me that I wanted to write. And that quote meant something to me. Another one, inside each of us is a natural born storyteller waiting to be leased by Robin Moore. I agreed with this one because I think we just all have to find that story and figure a way to write it up, to get it out on paper, just to say it. It's not about publishing a story or making money off of it, it's just about writing that story that's inside you. Now when I thought about creating stories, especially my own, I did research, looked at what other writers did, but no one says you have to do that. But I did find some really good rules that were a good guide for me and they were by a writer named John Steinbeck. He did an interview in the fall issue, uh, 1975 issue of the Paris Review. And he's a Pulitzer Prize winner and Nobel laureate. And he came up with these six tips, which, as I said, are quite good. Number one, abandon the idea that you're ever going to finish. Lose track of the 400 pages and let's just write one page per day. It helps. Then when it gets finished, you're always surprised. I mean, if you're sitting there focusing on how many pages you have to write, what has to be done, you're not going to get anything done. One day at a time is like taking any step in anything that we do in life. We do it one piece at a time. It's the same for story. Write one page, then you write another page, then write another page. And then it works out. Two, write freely and as rapidly as possible and throw the whole thing on paper. Never correct or rewrite until the whole thing is done. Rewrite and process is usually found to be an excuse for not going on. It also interferes with the flow and rhythm, which can only come from a kind of unconscious association with the material. And this is really a good one because he's right. If you keep stopping as you're writing to fix this or fix that or to try to remember something, then you're not going to get done and you're going to take too long. The simple fact is when I was playing with the first book I was writing, I was making that mistake. I was forgetting names or trying to spend time figuring out this or that. And I thought it got to a point where I said, I'll just leave the spot blank and I'll come back to it when I'm editing and going over it a second time. And I found once I did that, the writing went a little bit faster. And then I was also sort of making more notes at the same time. So I wouldn't forget names and stuff like that. But at the end of it, I went back and then I just fixed everything. I stopped thinking about the little things I needed to change and just focused on finishing the story. Number three, forget your generalized audience. In the first place, the nameless, faceless audience will scare you to death. And in the second place, unlike the theater, it doesn't exist. In writing, your audience is one single reader. I found that sometimes it helps to pick out one person, a real person you know, or an imagined person, and write to that one. This is true. I mean, think of it in terms of public speaking. 
How many people are terrified to get up and speak in front of a crowd? I was. I used to have panic attacks. But then I found some ways to deal with it, and now it doesn't bother me in the slightest. But there was a time, yeah. It's the same with, a, with writing a story. Don't focus on the people that you hope that will read your story or buy your story. Why are you thinking about that? You don't know if it'll be published or not. I didn't write my stories because I hope I expected they'd be published. Do I hope one day? Maybe. Sure. But it's not a driving goal for my story. It was about putting it out and being able to forget about the people that are faceless is a big deal for a writer. Just because if you focus on the possible audience, you don't know how you're going to write. You're going to think about, well, they like this. Well, they like that. When it should be, you're writing for one person. Do they like it? Will they enjoy the story? Focus on that and the rest will come. Number four, if a scene or a session gets the better of you and you still think you want it, bypass it and go on. When you finish the whole, you can come back to it and then you may find the reason it gave trouble is because it didn't belong. It didn't belong in the story or it just didn't really fit the narrative you were going but it wasn't had an idea you had. This has happened to me. I had times I got blocked. I couldn't figure out what to do with the chapter. So, but I knew how the chapter would end. So I went on and did the next chapter, started the next chapter. Um, sometimes I would go back when after doing that and realize, you know, this doesn't really fit the story. So I'd take things out and then I have to fix it all up again anyways. The simple matter is don't get yourself get stuck on one thing. If you do, you're not going to get anything done. Move on. Let your mind stay in, in the creative zone, creative flow or whatever it is that you want to call it yourself. But get there and just continue writing. You can always come back and fix things, finish things, or even take things out. If you focus on it, you will not get anything done. Number five, beware of a scene that becomes too dear to you, dearer than the rest. It will usually be found that it is out of the whole setup or it doesn't fit, doesn't match, doesn't work with the story you're trying to tell. Again, I know from what I've read online, many writers have had similar issues. They found scenes that meant so much to them and they focused on it, but then they realized, you know, not as good as they thought it would be, or it doesn't fit the story as much. This happened to me more times than I cared to count when I was writing. And I had to go back and change a few things because I realized they just didn't work after the fact. And I didn't want to do it because they were just, those scenes were important to me. But it's not about an individual scene, it's about the story as a whole. Does it fit your story? Does it fit the tale you're trying to tell? If it doesn't, then no matter how important the scene is, you get rid of it. It's that simple. Sixth rule. If you're using dialogue, say it aloud as you write it. Only then will it have the sound of speech, which is a really good point. I mean, we can write things down, but do you think you would say that or your character would say that? I mean, you could write it down and you might think so, but when you say it aloud, you kind of ask yourself, you know, that doesn't sound as good as it did in my head or it doesn't sound as good as it looks on paper. Or maybe you just learned that it just doesn't fit your character. And he probably or she probably wouldn't say something like that. It becomes a very good, interesting point to work with. So when you're doing dialogue, speak it out to yourself. Now, I would advise against doing it in a crowded restaurant or <laughs> somewhere where people are going to hear you and think that you're a lunatic. Um, I've made that mistake and people stared at me like I was a nut. But I was trying to hear the dialogue 
for myself just to see if it, it to listen to it with my own ears to see if it fit what I was saying because listening to it writing it are two very different things and it does sound and mean different to anybody so it's a good rule to pay attention to say your dialogue out loud and make sure it fits so those are some really good rules to keep you going on writing but we also have to look at many other things when creating a story so where is your story coming from I mean you have to think about where is your idea coming from why are you writing that particular story how did you plan it what did you do with it now if we look at those three questions where are your stories coming from everyone is different and every writer is different you look at some of our, the more famous writers out there and they write very commercial and that works for them and I got no problem with that there's still good books often enough but if you talk to some of those writers who write commercially, many of them wish they didn't. Many of them wish they'd done something else because it's, they're not reading the stories that they want to write. Yes, they're making stories that have been pressured. They've been pressured to write because it made money before, so they keep going. A good example of that would be Stephen King. Uh, I read a blurb once that was talking about how he really didn't like to write horror. He wrote one for money, and then it just took off after that. And now he still does it because it makes money but for me personally that's not a good enough reason not for me my writing comes from inside me my writing comes from stories that I want to read that I would like to see that are interesting to me I don't really think about anything else or who might like it or who won't like it it, it really doesn't matter when I'm writing my stories I write my stories for me and I think that's what the best writers probably do some of the writers that I enjoy think when I read their bios they often do talk about that they talk about how much they love to write the stories that they write and the fact their stories come from inside them and that I love so for me I always believe consider where your ideas are coming from I write what's inside me to write not what I think everyone will like but what's inside me to write if it if it people like it wonderful if they don't, it really doesn't matter because it's stories for me. Why are you writing? What's the reason for your writing? Some people do it as a job. Some do it as an activity. Some do it as stress relief. I guess everyone's going to be different why they write. My writing started as a hobby, a way to deal with some negative situations that I had had. And it was a way for me to let everything out, I suppose. But it ended up becoming more than that because I didn't think I was capable of writing. When I started doing it, I realized and I shared some of the chapters I'd written with, with someone else. And that person was good enough to be honest with me about what was wrong with it, but also encouraged me to keep writing. And so I realized it eventually became the fact that it became something I loved to do. I always carry notebooks. I have eight or nine different ideas on the go for stories because it's now become a hobby for me. This is why I write. I write stories that interest me. I love to read, but sometimes I'm tired of the same concepts in many of the stories I write. So I started writing, I read, pardon me, but I started writing my own that were a little bit different in some respects. And that became more interesting to me. So why are you writing? Now, the next question we also had there was, how do you plan your storyline? Have you considered 
before you write, planning out a rough storyline at least. Most writers will tell you to write more in depth. Personally, I just prefer a brief storyline that covers certain main points because that gives me a lot of freedom to play with it as I'm writing it. As I said, everyone has their own way. No one way is correct. You just have to find what's better for you. Me, I do a general outline that gives me the basics and I try to figure out, is it gonna be one book or is it gonna be more books? Most of the stories I've written, the storylines have already been planned for four to six books. That's me, whether it will actually happen, but that's the plan at the moment. How are you doing yours? What are you playing? Is it gonna be, a, are you reading a standalone book, a short story, a poem? It doesn't really matter. How do you plan it? Do you just put a pen to paper and start writing? Or do you think about it ahead of time, make points, write an outline? No good or bad in this. It's all what suits you. So now we talk about beginnings of creating a story. So the first thing you're gonna have aside is your basic story idea. So what is involved with that? You have the concept. So what is the story? What's it gonna be about? So for an example, um, the first story I wrote is about uh, a people that were once powerful, but lost that power and now they're scattered and slaves to the people they ruled before. So now they have a leader who's, who's come, who plans to rebuild what they lost, to bring his people back to what they were. So there's my concept to a certain degree, but there's gonna be a lot in between. What's the genre you're writing in? Now, again, everyone is different. Me personally, my, the stories I generally write are science fiction, fantasy, and occasionally I have some ideas for just regular spy fiction. But I focus more on the first two. Other people I know write other things. It, the genre doesn't really matter unless it's what you want to write. What genre appeals to you? Don't just pick a genre because you think, oh, this could make money. Because there's a good chance you're not going to create a good story. Because it's not what you love. I've chosen genres that I love to read. And I read anywhere from three to five books a week. Sometimes six or seven if I'm really in a mood. But the genres are generally pretty similar. Most of my favorite stuff is what it is. And science fiction and fantasy tend to be two of my favorites. So those are the things I tend to write. I've chosen a genre based on what interests me, not necessarily what would interest others. So when you're choosing a genre, choose what suits you. Maybe writing a romance book is your thing, then write a romance book. If writing a kid's tale is your thing, then write a kid's tale. It doesn't matter. Choose the genre that you know you would want to write, that you would love to write, not what other people tell you you should. Who are your main characters? What is the basic idea of your main character? Is your main character male, female? Are they young? Are they old? Are they an adult? Are they a teenager? Are they a child? Who are your main characters? When you're creating a story, at least have your main characters thought out. People you're going to be bringing in, whether from the beginner, beginning or later on in the book. In mine, I had all my main characters pretty thought out. There's still a lot I've added as I've gone along, but that main batch was still there. And I had an idea of what to do with them. Because in the first book, I killed off one of the main characters pretty quick, just because I thought it would be different and a bit more intriguing to the storyline. 
So I already had that idea right from the get-go about that one character. Other characters I had similar ideas with. Some I've changed, some I've kept. Know your main characters, know your basic ideas of who they are, what they are, and the way they would do things. Also in beginnings, we have the basic outline. What is the basic story concept, story outline, story idea? So your concept is gonna be the general stuff, but your storyline is gonna be a bit more specific. Who, what are maybe main events that are gonna happen or main ideas? Is if this is a book about a journey, well then where are the stops along that journey? So in my book, I looked at certain things my character would have to do. One, unite the tribes. One, go after the slavers who preyed upon them. There are so many things you'd have to do. So I thought about different parts of my outline. Like where would I start on this? Where would I start on that? But put in something that shows what you've got. So when we talk about outline, we mentioned the word outline in a room full of writers. And trust me, you're going to ignite a firestorm of passionate debate. Writers either love them or they hate them. As I said, I like the basic ones, but I know people who hate them. We either find them liberating, liberating or we can't stand how confining they are. Those who swear they dislike outlines are thinking of them in the wrong ways, though. Outlines are not meant to trap you to preset ideas or sap your creativity before you start the first draft. They're also definitely not meant to be lifeless Roman numeral lists. And he's right about it. They are right about that. I mean, I may not like complete formal outlines because it doesn't suit me, but I do believe in having a basic one at least so that I have an idea of what I'm doing. If you don't have even a basic one, I feel you're gonna have a hard time continuing your story unless you really like free writing, which I find is quite difficult. To give your writing the full power of your outline, you need to approach the process from a mindset of flexibility and discovery. When you do this, you'll end up with a roadmap. Roadmaps are there to show you the fastest and surest way to reach your destination, but they certainly don't prevent you from finding exciting off-road adventures and scenic drives along the way. At their best, outlines can help you flesh out your most promising story ideas, avoid dead-end plot twists, and pursue proper structure. And the greatest part? They save you time and prevent frustration. Sketching out your plot and characters in your first draft can take months of trial and error. Bring out those same elements in an outline requires a fraction of the time and allows you to let loose and have fun in your first draft. So, now you've got your basic ideas. Now you have to craft it. You have to take your premise and turn it into something. Now, your premise is the basic idea for your story. But it's not enough just to have an idea. Guy saves girl in an intergalactic setting. It's a premise that's also far too vague to offer solid story guidance. That's why your outline needs to begin with a tightly crafted premise sentence that can answer the following questions. So your premise, step one, who is your protagonist? Who is the person? What do they want? What do they do? And what do they look like? And all the little details that get our attention. What is the situation they're in? What is the hero's personal condition at the beginning? Are they rich? Are they poor? Are they living on the streets? Or living in a big house? Or are they having a normal life? What? What is their personal condition? And how will that condition be changed? Is it going to be changed for better or for worse? By the hero himself or by the antagonistic force? Who knows? But that's part of the premise. What is the situation? What is the protagonist's objective? At the beginning, what do they want? What moral or immoral choices will he, she, they have to make in an attempt to gain that objective. 
because there's no such thing as cut and dried in pretty much of things. Every choice we make is going to be a bit of a mixture of a gray, a little bit of everything. But in a story, it's going to be the same thing. There's no such thing as a perfect hero. That's a given. There's no such thing as a perfect person. So making your character be beyond perfect is just unbelievable and kind of wasteful uh, to me in many ways. So I like to think my characters are going to make decisions, some good, some bad, because that's just the way it is. We can never know the consequences of all decisions. The game is for your character as well. They're not going to know what happened when they make a decision. There's going to be times they're going to regret that decision, and that should be part of the character and the story arc. Who is your opponent? Who or what stands in the way of the hero achieving their objective, or the main character, or non-hero, whatever you want to write about? What will be the disaster that makes the characters change? What misfortune will befall the hero? as a result of their attempts to achieve their objectives. What different things will happen? Maybe they lose someone, or they lose a friend, or a family member, or they get injured. You know, what's gonna change that character? What affects them? And in your story, is there a conflict? What's the basic story premise? What conflict will result from a hero's reaction to a disaster, or a person's, if you're writing a romance, one, one character's reaction to a, rebuffed attempt at romance. So, and what do these people do when this happens? What will these characters do? How will they, how will it affect their actions, their or their reactions or their mindset? How will it change the steps they'll hope they're going towards to uh, get their objective? What's the conflict? What conflict will result from the hero's reaction to the disaster? And what is the logical flow of cause and effect that will allow this conflict to continue throughout the story? So what is the main divide in your story? If you've got good and bad or not so good and not so bad, it, or I guess, again, it depends on your story, but what's the main issue? What will is the reaction between the two, your two characters if you have two main ones or other ones? What's the logical cause and effect? So if your main character slaps the other one, is the other guy going to say, okay, and walk away? Or the other person, what are they going to do? Are they going to do something back? There's always cause and effect. And will you keep this going? Is it part of the standard conflict of what you've got going on or your storyline? Or is it just a temporary thing? Always pay attention. There's always a cause and effect and a reaction. Now, once you've answered all those questions, now you get to combine them in one or two sentences. Now, we talked about farm boy, intergalactic sa setting, saving someone. So obviously, for those of us old enough, you're recognizing the original Star Wars concept. So once we've answered the questions about the story, and we combine them into one or two sentences. So now we have a premise. Restless farm boy, situation. Luke Skywalker, protagonist, wants nothing more than to leave home and become a starfighter pilot so he can live up to his mysterious father, objective. But when his aunt and uncle are murdered, disaster. After purchasing renegade droids, Luke must feel the, free the droid's beautiful owner and discover a way to stop, conflict, the evil empire, opponent, and its apocalyptic Death Star. So in that premise, you've got the situation, the protagonist, the objective, the disaster, the conflict, and the opponent in just a few sentences. And there's your premise for your story right there. Everything that flows from that comes from your premise. So roughly sketch out your scene ideas. You have a good premise at this point. Now you can begin sketching your ideas for the story. 
Where does everything you already know about your story, you'll probably come to this step with a handful of scenes already in mind, but bear, bear in thought that don't get wedded to preconceived ideas because your story is going to change, it's going to evolve as time goes on. Um, now, even if you have no idea how your scenes will play out in the story, go ahead and put them in the list. You never know, they could work, but they might not, you never know. At this point, your primary goal is to remember and record every idea you've had in relation to this story. You won't use them all, but you have them all there. So you can pick and choose which ones you think best suit what you're doing. Once you're finished, take a moment to review your list. Whenever you encounter an idea that raises questions, highlight it. If you don't know why your character is fighting a duel in one scene, highlight it. If you don't know how two scenes will connect, highlight them. If you can't picture the setting for one of the scenes, highlight that too. By pausing to identify possible plot holes now, you'll just save yourself a ton of rewriting later on, and that's a good thing. Now your next step is to address each of the highlighted portions one by one. Write out your ideas and let your thoughts flow without censoring yourself, because this is the most unstructured step of your outline. This will be your best opportunity to unleash your creativity and plumb the depths of your story potential. Your creativity might give you an idea that's really not good or that doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Let the creativity flow. If it doesn't work later, it's something you can take out. But you might come up with many other ideas that work exceptionally well. Ask yourself the questions on the page. Talk to yourself without worrying about punctuation or spelling. Every time you think you've come up with a good idea, take a moment and say, will the reader expect this? If the answer is yes, write a list of alternatives your readers won't expect. And remember, your reader pretty much at this point is you or that one person you want to write for. Don't worry about everybody else, just focus on that part. Interview your characters. In order to craft a cast of characters that can help your plot reach its potential, you need to discover crucial ideas about them. Not necessarily at the beginning of their lives, but the beginning of the story. To do this, your protagonist work backward from the moment in which he will become engaged in your plot, the disaster in your premise section. What events in, his, in the person's life have led them to this moment? Did something in their past cause this disaster? What events have shaped them to make them respond to the disaster in the way they do? What unresolved issues from the past could further complicate the plot's spiral of events? I mean, anything can affect someone's mindset. Say your character lost his family as a child. Well, then that's going to change how they view things, how they even do things, even think about things the rest of their lives. If they encountered some kind of disaster at an impressionable age, it will affect them. So interview your characters. Think about how this would work, how that would work, where they're coming from and who they are. Once you have that basic idea of how your characters will be invested in your story, you can start unearthing the nitty gritty details of their life with a character interview. You may choose to follow a preset list of questions or you may have better luck with a freehand interview in which you ask your protagonist a series of questions and allow that individual to answer in their own words. Now, yes, before you ask or think, what is he talking about? You will be talking to yourself. Your character is in your head. Remember that. So you're having a conversation with yourself. And yes, I have done this repeatedly. And it's not as crazy as it sounds. Because I've interviewed the characters in my head. I get an idea of who and what they are and how I would work with them. Yes, it's my own mind doing it. But it allows the character to be a slightly more real for me and allows me to write them a little bit better. Explore your settings. 
When you're setting into your childhood neighborhood or the seventh moon of Barsoom, you'll want to enter your first draft with a firm idea where your scenes will be taking place. Don't choose a setting just because it sounds cool or because you're familiar with it. Look for things that will be inherent to your plot. Can you change your story's primary location without any significant alterations of plot? If so, dig a little deeper to find a setting better suited to your plot, theme, and characters. Based on the scenes you're already aware of, list all those settings you think you'll need. Can you reduce this list by combining or eliminating the settings? Nothing wrong with a sprawling story locale, but extraneous settings should be eliminated just as much as unnecessary characters. Now, my story, my main character, his people, they're scattered tribes living in mountainous country. So a lot of my first story is taking place in the mountains because it was, I figured it was suitable for some nomadic tribes that I had and a way for them to stay away from everybody else. But that book was a, is a fantasy. So I have created my own world for it. I haven't used other ones. I created my own pretty much because I wanted to do it on my own. So I'm looking at what is the geography like of the world I've created? Where my main characters are living? Well, that's mountains. Are there deserts in the area? Are there rainforests? Whatever. It's just a matter of figuring out your environment and going with that. You know, you're choosing that setting because you it's an integral part of your story. For me, the mountains were the beginning of that. So once you've got all this, write out your complete outline. There you'll begin plotting in earnest. In step two, you solidified the big picture of your story by identifying the scenes you are already aware of and figuring out how they might fit together. Now you will work through your story linearly, scene by scene, numbering each one as you go. Unlike the sketches in step two, in which your primary focus was to, on brainstorming and exploring possibilities, you'll now be concentrating on molding your existing ideas into a solid structure. So now you're going through it piece by piece because you're not gonna be having every chapter in the same location. You're gonna be moving around. So you've gotta pay attention to that. So you had to now look at it scene by scene. Where are they at this moment? What's it like around them? What's the environment? Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is it windy? Is it sunny? You know, all that little stuff. Now you're going through your scene, scene by scene. Who's in it? What are they saying? So a lot of different works up. Once you get those five questions answered, now you're putting it all together in an outline. How comprehensive you want your outline to be is up to you. You may choose to write a single sentence for each scene. Dana meets Joe at a cafe to discuss their impending nuptials. Or you may choose to flesh out more details. Joey's sitting by himself in a booth when Dana arrives. Dana orders coffee and a muffin. They fight about the invitation list. Much more detailed. Either way works. Focus on identifying and strengthening the key components of each scene structure. Who will be your narrating character? What is his goal? What obstacle will arise to obstruct that goal and create conflict? What will be the outcome? And how will your character react to the resulting dilemmas? What are their reactions going to be? What decision will they reach that fuels the next step towards the next scene, towards the next goal? Work to create a linear, well-structured plot with no gaps in the story. If you can get this foundation right in your outline, you'll later be free to apply all your focus and imagination to the first draft and bring your story to life. As you mentally work through each scene, Watch for possible lapses of logic or blank areas in, one, in how one event builds to another. Take the time to think about these potential problems so they won't trip you up later. If you get stuck, jump ahead. 
Go to the next scene you know, and then you can work backwards, or just come back later when you feel more comfortable. For instance, if you know where you want your character to end up, but not how they'll get there, start at the ending point and then work your way backwards. Maybe that'll give you a more idea. If you know the destination, then you can probably find the beginning. Condense your outline. Once you finish the extended one, you may want to condense the most permanent points into an abbreviated version. Doing so allows you to weed out extra thoughts and summarize the entire outline into a scannable list for easier reference. If you've got 10 pages of an extended outline, that's gonna be a lot of reading to do just to do your writing. Once you've got it done, then find a way to make it shorter. Use your main points so you have a better idea. That way you don't have to look through 10 pages trying to find a concept. Your full outline may contain a fair amount of rambling as well and thinking out loud in the page. You're likely to end up with a lot of notes to review. Um, my first book had at least six or seven notebooks that I had full. Every page, double-sided, every line. And you know, typing it was a pain, was a real pain, and going back to reread things and fix things was even more of a pain, but it's what I had to do. Rather than having to wade through the bulk of your notes every time you sit down to work on your first draft or your second draft, you can save yourself time in the long run by doing a little organizing now. If I had done that in the beginning, it would save me some time. You may choose to create your abbreviated outline in a Word document, write out your scenes on index cards, or use a software program such as a free Scrivener alternative writer. Me, I prefer my notebooks. I enjoy the tactile of the handwriting. So that works for me. It doesn't work for everyone. That's why I always carry notebooks. But other people I know, they use index cards, they use Word documents, and it works for them. You do what is best for you. Now you've got your outline, now put it into action. So you should be feeling a little bit prepared, maybe even a bit eager to. Let's get going on that first draft, I'm gonna write that story. Each time you sit down to work on your manuscript, begin by reviewing your outline first. Make sure it's fresh in your mind. Read the notes for your current scene and the scene to follow. Before you start writing, work through any remaining potential problems in your head or on paper. The problems could be just doubts or just blank areas, who knows, it doesn't matter. Just Once you've gotten the outline done, just start writing. You can always fix it later and you can always improve it. Now, if the time comes, and it probably will, that you're, stuck with a, you're struck with a better idea than what you'd planned in your outline, don't hesitate to go off-road. I mean, I think some of the best writers tend to do that. They go off-road every now and then, and it works. These ventures into unknown territory can result in some of the most surprising and incredible parts of your story. An outline will offer you invaluable structure and guidance as you write your first draft, but don't be afraid to explore the new ideas as they come to you. Remember, your outline is only a map showing you the route to your destination, but we all know it's not the only way. I mean, you might if you're driving to another city, you have... The direct route, sure, but maybe you're adventurous and you want to go by side roads, go on an adventure. It's the same thing when you're riding. You know, don't be afraid of that, that, that little detour, that unexpected route that might give you something better than what you already had. You don't know. So to end this workshop, I got some final quotes here. If you don't have time to read, you don't have the time or tools to write. Simple as that. And that was a quote written by Stephen King. And it's one I definitely agree about. I think if you don't read, then you're not gonna be very good at writing. I think to be a good writer, you also need to be an avid reader. But that is my opinion. 
you might think differently others probably do that's up to them personally I love reading and because I'm an avid reader I think it does help my writing those who find ugly meanings and beautiful things are corrupt without being charming this is a fault those who find beautiful meanings and beautiful things are the cultivated for these there is hope they are the elect to whom beautiful things mean only beauty beauty there's no such thing as a moral or in immoral book books are well written or badly written that is all that was a quote by Oscar Wilde he's a pretty prolific writer and it's one I also agree with I think we see beauty in the books sometimes I think other people see it but maybe we don't or I see it and they don't it depends on the book I suppose but he's right there's no such thing as a moral immoral book it's just they're either good books or they're bad books and that's just how I see it. And a final quote by someone named Meg Cabot. Write the kind of story you would like to read. People would like to give you all sorts of advice about writing. If you're not writing something you like, no one else will like it either. Which to me was a really good one because I agree with that. The stories I write are all genres I generally like to read. And but they're also stories that I want to read. So I guess I could say my audience is myself at this point. Um, and some of my closer friends who who've read my book and read the ideas of my other stories. So she's, I think she's quite correct. If you're not writing a story that you don't like yourself, then why would anyone else like it? It comes down to two points. All right. So that's pretty much all we have on the idea of creating a story. Again, this is only a guide. No one says it's right. No one says it's wrong. There'll be writers who might agree. There'll be writers who don't agree. It doesn't matter. It's all about what you, what works for you. It's all about what suits you, not what suits somebody else. Maybe this style suits this writer, or my style suits me, and might not suit you. That's fine. I mean, one of the other members of my writer, he writes differently than I do. He does a lot more research. That works for him. Doesn't work for me. It's not my style of writing, and it's not the type of writing that I do. But it works for him, and that's great. I've met others who do it differently as well. Whatever style works for you is the best. And this is just nothing more than a guideline, suggestions, and maybe help give you some ideas on writing yourself or the type of story or a story that you might want to write. That's up to you. All right. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you in the next one. NBPL Podcasts is a production of the North Bay Public Library. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Also, if you know someone who might be interested in this series, please share this with them. Each of these workshop episodes will also be available on our YouTube channel. You can find the link in the show notes. Thanks to the North Bay Writers Group for sharing their time and talents in this series. If you'd like to learn more about this group, there is a link to their Facebook group in the show notes. Follow the North Bay Public Library on Facebook and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at North underscore Bay PL.